Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. In this week's episode, we are talking about trigger foods. So are there foods that can create more bloating, more IBS symptoms, more embarrassing bowels, more awful periods? Is there foods that will make your periods worse, more painful, more cramping, more heavy, or foods that will contribute to your periods not being there at all, or foods that contribute to just an awful perimenopause or or menopausal time? That's what we're looking at today so that you can know what to eat, what not to eat in order to have a better belly and pain-free happy periods. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yay! I'm so glad that you are here. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. If you have listened to so many of my podcasts, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. So we're going to be diving into all things food, poo, and periods. So that is what we're looking at today. But before we dive in, I want to let you know about a couple of things. The first thing is, have you done my holistic health assessment yet? I have something called the Gut Goddess Quiz, which if you are feeling confused, overwhelmed, not quite sure what your symptoms mean, where to begin, what to believe, what to actually do to make progress on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, that's what the Gut Goddess Quiz is for. So you can head to keziahall.com forward slash quiz. You'll complete the quiz, you enter your email, you'll get sent the results, and then I send you specific emails and resources based on your results, based on the profile that you have. Um, And I'm there, I'll be there to support you via email. So if you haven't done that, make sure you head over to do that. Otherwise, I hope you are doing well. As of recording this, I do still have space in my one-to-one bootcamp as well. So depending on when this goes live, if you're listening to this when when it's close to being released, then I would love to work with you in the bootcamp. It might be full up by then, but if you head to keziahall.com forward slash bootcamp, you'll be able to see it all there because I would love to work with you. Otherwise, um, life on my end, as I have been trying to resurrect my God, my vegetable patch. So if you want to know more about how that's going, I'll share that on Instagram stories over the coming weeks. I've got some seeds. I've literally just abandoned my vegetable patch over winter. So go to Instagram, I am Kezia Hall. You can follow. If you want to know more about my general day-to-day life, follow me on Instagram. (laughs) Otherwise, let's dive into today's episode. Trigger foods that can create bloating and IBS and impact periods. What do I mean by that? So trigger foods is when you maybe eat something, and I'll just share my own experience with this, but everyone has their own foods. So for me, when I ate dairy a lot as a child, as a teenager, I would then, A, have loose stools, like very runny diarrhea stools, more so than normal, quite quickly. And then uh, I would also start to get eczema quite quickly as well. So I knew dairy was a trigger food. Or if I think about a client, I've got a client just now, if she eats foods that are high in histamine, which I'll talk about in a minute, then she gets loose stools. I've had another client, various clients, when they eat gluten, it triggered off bloating later in the day, and low energy. Um, I've had other clients when they eat onions, for example, that creates a lot of pain in their digestive tract. They might get stomach cramping and pain there, or maybe it's another higher FODMAP food, and that can, and they know just from trial and error and patents and noticing and just tracking their symptoms, they know that that certain food equals that. I also have had clients where they 
if they drink alcohol, they suddenly notice their anxiety the next day is like sky high. So they know alcohol is a trigger for their anxiety and for their mental health. So that's what I mean by trigger foods. But it's also important to point out that it's actually also your symptoms are not just about trigger foods and foods that trigger them off. What do I mean by that? So if you have been struggling with IBS type symptoms and bloating for a number of years, you've probably noticed the following pattern. So for example, if you've had gut issues for a long time, maybe you know that when you eat lots of bread, you get bloated. But even if you have a week where you eat no bread, no bread at all, none, you still get bloated. And you're like, what, Kezia, I'm not eating bread. Or maybe you're like me, you you know that dairy triggers off some of your bowel symptoms or your skin issues. And you're like, Kezia, I've not eaten dairy all month and yet my skin has flared up and my bowels are awful. What, it doesn't make sense, is dairy? And then maybe you think, maybe dairy's not a trigger food. I'll just go and eat loads of dairy. And then you're just reminded again that it is. So if this is a nuanced conversation. This is why you need personalized support. This is why I run gut tests on my clients. This is why I do what I do as a holistic nutritionist because there is nuance to this. So yes, there are trigger foods that can set off your symptoms and your symptoms will also be impacted by things, by other things that are nothing to do with your trigger foods. You can remove dairy because you know it affects your skin and your bowels, but you will still have those symptoms because it's not, the reason you have eczema is not because of dairy. The reason you have eczema will be several fold, but to keep things simple, the reason you have eczema and IBS is because your gut microbiome has inflammation and is out of balance and is probably lacking in diversity. And dairy triggers that inflammation, it triggers some of those symptoms, but dairy isn't the reason necessarily, or the sole reason, the only reason your gut microbiome, your digestion is out of balance, has inflammation. It might be contributing to that inflammation. It might be contributing to that ecosystem that's out of whack, but it is not the sole reason. So even when you get rid of dairy, your ecosystem is still inflamed. It's still out of balance. It's still lacking in good bacteria. It's still struggling. And that's why even if you are quote unquote good and don't have the dairy or the gluten or the garlic or whatever the food is, you'll still get flare ups of symptoms because it's not just about the trigger food. It's about the state of your ecosystem. And it's so important that you get that. Your gut health, your hormonal health is really impacted by the health and resiliency of your gut microbiome and all the organs involved in that. So even if you can highlight a trigger food, and I'm going to talk about more about what those are, it's also really important to know it's not just about food. So I work with, have worked with so many people now, and I notice the pattern where people get a bit obsessive about or what foods to remove. So it's like, oh my goodness, dairy gives me IBS and I'll get rid of gluten and maybe it's also corn and maybe it's also apples and it's also onions and it's also fiber and it's also seeds and it's also meat and it's also eggs and it's also, 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 because there's this underlying belief that food, the foods that you eat are the main contributor of your period or and gut symptoms mainly. That's not the case. Food can contribute to it, but the, if you have gut issues and you've had them for a long time, the reason you have them is because your actual ecosystem, the gut microbiome is out of whack and there are some fundamental issues that need to change in that ecosystem. It's not just about whether you do or don't eat dairy. Dairy might contribute to the healing of your ecosystem, but you'll still have symptoms until you deal with your gut health 
in a systematic way as a whole ecosystem. And that's what I do with my clients. And that is why, even if they've been struggling with IBS issues for 20 years, within three, four, five months, those symptoms disappear. Because I'm not just obsessing about, oh, remove this food, remove this food, remove it. We're looking at shifting and re-landscaping that entire ecosystem. That's the difference. So yes, tr- trigger foods do come up, but it's both and. If, do not just get totally obsessed with what food's creating my bloating or eczema or acne or period issues. That can actually create a really disordered relationship with food and you don't want that. You want to be aware of trigger foods and also aware of, am I dealing with the bigger picture? Am I actually shifting the ecosystem the whole, whole system, a whole system approach. That's why I call myself a holistic nutritionist and coach. You've got to look at the whole system. That's why I run labs, why I run a lab with, when you come and work with me, we run labs that looks at your entire gut microbiome ecosystem. So we can see, is there inflammation? Is there parasites? Is there bacteria overgrowth? Is there yeast? It, like what's going on? Because you've got to look at the whole system. So just a little note about that. And also you might be like, Okay, I totally get how like dairy might impact like my IBS, but periods, like what is my period got to do with the foods I eat? So I'm going to share with you a story. I had a client, this is years ago, who came to me and she was kind of in that perimenopausal time. She ate pretty healthy and grew her own vegetables and made a lot of her food from scratch. She had quite a stressful job, but overall, you know, there was, it wasn't like she was eating just KFC every day. And she was coming to me with a lot of hormonal issues that were going on and, um, Basically, she cut out a couple of different trigger foods and she lost weight. Her mood improved, her energy improved, but she also really noticed that her hormone symptoms got so much better. Her kind of menopausal symptoms and perimenopausal symptoms that she was starting to experience disappeared, her energy improved, and she was also she wasn't expecting that. She understood how maybe what she ate was affecting her bloating, but it was a surprise to her <laughs> that her periods, like her cycle, actually felt better. And the reason it is for this, it's not necessarily always a directive. So, like if you eat dairy, you're going to get heavy periods. No, it's not as um, uh, what's the word causes. Well, anyway, it's not that direct relationship. Like dairy is not going to give you heavy periods. It's not that close. But if you're eating dairy, for example, and it creates inflammation in your body, then that level of inflammation can impact your inadvertently or more as a system. So remember, the whole body's a system. It can impact your periods. Also, I've seen people with they eating maybe high histamine food. Histamine plays a role with estrogen. So that can really impact your hormonal balance. Also with trigger foods, if you are eating foods that really disrupt your gut health, your gut health plays a huge role in your body's ability to balance and stabilize your hormones. So it really does make a difference um, when it comes to trigger foods and your hormones. I had a client who once really noticed a couple of foods would make her period heavier. And if she didn't really eat those foods, her period wasn't as heavy. And it was really, really interesting. It's a little bit more nuanced. And this is when it comes to your periods, it's probably where you need a bit more support from someone like me. But the foods that you eat really do and can impact your cycle and your periods. So what are some common trigger foods? So common ones I've already discussed are things like dairy. So dairy, often I think about dairy if someone comes to me and they have quite loose stools, diarrhea, type vibe, if they have things like eczema, if they used to have a lot of tonsillitis or ear infections as a child or as an adult, I automatically think dairy going on. Um, gluten, also when someone's someone's really tired, 
constipated, bloated, um, if someone has any sort of thyroid issues at all, if someone's coming to me with endometriosis, um, anything like that, I always think about gluten as a, as a bit of a trigger food. Um, also, you have things like FODMAP. So if you have IBS, there's quite a lot of research around things like garlic, onion, high FODMAP foods can be a trigger for you. But it's worth knowing, I work a lot of, with a lot of people with IBS that can deal with FODMAP foods fine. So it's not often... FODMAP is, has a lot of research to it, but it's not the whole picture when it comes to IBS by any means. Caffeine and coffee especially can create a lot of loose stools, stomach cramps and bloating in people, can also really affect your hormones further down the line. Alcohol, like I said at the beginning, I often find that with clients and with myself, it can increase anxiety. Um, it can also make people's stools a bit looser and um, over time also inadvertently impact your hormones. And sugar, I see this one really impacting people's, um, sometimes they're bloating because it's often sugary processed foods, it can also be a bit of a trigger for fatigue and immune and poor immunity um, and also yeast symptoms. So if someone comes to me with athlete's foot or a lot of recurring thrush, then sugar can sometimes play a role in that and also sometimes not. So those are a couple of common high histamine, uh, common trigger foods. Also, I didn't mention high histamine foods. So histamine can be a bit of a trigger. Histamine is something that we make naturally in our body, but, and foods all contain histamine, but foods like tomatoes or ripe bananas, um, and some dairy, especially fermented dairy, can be really high in histamine. And that can be a trigger, especially if someone's got chronic gut issues. I'm thinking of a client I've had recently that struggled with gut issues for like over a decade. And his high histamine foods have played a role in her loose stools and anxiety and panic. I also see high histamine foods playing a huge role in things like migraines, in heavy periods, painful periods. Again, because there is a bit of a relationship between estrogen and histamine, those can play a bit of a role together. So um, again, this isn't, you've got to remove all of these foods. It's really about figuring out trial and error and maybe working with someone like me to help you based on your symptoms. So for example, if you if you came to me and you tend you have a bit of IBS and you tend to have looser diarrhea type stools and you have quite painful heavy periods and you struggle with anxiety and maybe the occasional migraine, then for me I'm thinking okay, dairy high histamine foods, gluten are probably triggers for that inflammation in your body. If you come to me with maybe no periods, you're struggling with irregular long cycles, um, and you know you have a bit of a thyroid issue going on, maybe hypo, hyperthyroid, and um, you really struggle with, really sensitive to caffeine and um, brain fog, then I'm going to think trigger foods for you are probably gluten, things like um, sugar especially, and probably maybe things like alcohol and caffeine and how they're affecting your liver and how they're affecting your thyroid and those kind of things. So that's a little bit of how it works. And it's really worth noting, it's with trigger foods, it's the best way that you find out is just by playing around with them and seeing, okay, does, so I know for me years ago, if I had cream especially, not anymore, thankfully, praise the Lord, I can have cream again. But years ago, if I had like a creamy dessert, I knew that would send me to the toilet within an hour. That was like a clear pattern. Um, and, and now, now that I've healed my gut, improved that gut ecosystem, that landscape, I've done a lot of re-landscaping work, 
that's not actually the case anymore. I can eat cream fine. I'm just not gonna choose to eat it every day because I think if I ate cream every day for the next couple of months, I'd probably end up with a bit of eczema, which is just not worth it for me. So the main thing is you wanna pick a food and you probably already know a food that might be trigger food for you and just remove it for about three to four weeks and then introduce it and see what happens. But also note, like I talked about in the beginning, it's not all just about trigger foods and what you do or do not eat. It's about the state of your system, of your ecosystem, of your gut, of your liver. Those systems, those organs all play a really important role. So yes, it's really handy to know your trigger foods, but removing your trigger foods won't just remove your symptoms unless you re- until sorry you deal with the bigger issue. Does that make sense? And for some of you, maybe half of you or some percentage, if you haven't had chronic gut issues and hormone imbalances, there's just a little bit of bloating. Then if you remove your trigger food, you might be sorted. Like with your symptoms, just disappear. But if you've been struggling for a long time, figuring out your trigger foods will help. But with And removing them should probably help reduce your symptoms, but it probably won't change everything until you do that deeper gut work. And if you want my help with that, that's what I do with my clients over my three month program. So if you wanna know more about working with me and my deep dive in running some gut tests, knowing and doing that re-landscaping of your gut microbiome so that you can create a happy, flatter, easy belly, pain-free periods, have normal, boring poos, no more digestive systems, clear thinking, resilient mental health, resilient immune system, then I'd love to work with you. And you can head to keziahall.com forward slash book. I offer two free clarity calls every single week for anybody that wants a bit of personalized support and is thinking about working more closely with me. I would love to chat with you because obviously even in this episode, you can see how nuanced it is and why we need support and why we need things to be personalized. So these clarity calls are for you to get a bit of personalized support. So if you are wanting some help from me, head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book your call. I would love to chat with you. I really, really would. It'd be so nice. Um, Otherwise, I will see you next week for another episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please head over to iTunes and subscribe there. And while you're there, leave a rating and review so more people can hear about this. And if you want more support from me, if you want some more personalized and bespoke support, then make sure you do the Gut Goddess Quiz. You can go to keziahall.com forward slash quiz and it's a bit of a mini holistic health assessment where you can start to get an idea of where to begin. So if you're struggling with a whole host of symptoms and you're not really sure what they mean and you're not really sure where to begin, what to eat, where to focus on, what to believe, what action to take, the Gut Goddess Quiz is for you. I will assess some of your symptoms and then you'll get sent some bespoke support via email and we can connect there if you want to. So that's keziahall.com forward slash quiz, keziahall.com forward slash quiz.